You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Wow, we've been gone for three weeks. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Kwanzaa and all those other right. things that they have. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Okay. Barely, but it's me. It's me. It may, yeah. We have we have volume control for these things, right? So, yeah. I mean, it feels like I haven't been here in a long time. <laughs> we were in. We've been to Missouri. We've been to Colorado Springs and back and back. Right. Came went to Missouri. Came back. Three days work. Then went back to Colorado Springs mm-hmm. to see the grandkids and nice. had a blast. Went to the Garden of the Gods, which is really a Beautiful rock formation oh, right. place right in Colorado Springs. And then we drove up to uh, Blackhawk, Colorado, which is like a little casino mining town. And you're driving through this wonderful, beautiful scenery on this back two-lane back road, all snow-covered and all the evergreen trees. And boom, there's a casino really? and 12 others right there. And yeah, and so you of home? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't seem to get away from that one, too. So we were there last night. Uh-huh. And uh, they were giving away money. Apparently, yeah. Is that right? So, so it's, and they give away all kinds of weird stuff from time to time. They give away pillows and they give away coffee pots and. How about car? How about classic car? Yeah, a classic car would be a great thing to give away over there. So hopefully we'll have that conversation with them at some point right. in time and do that. And of course, we've been eating there a lot because our kitchen is in shambles. Uh, they're remodeling our kitchen. We thought we'd do it over the holidays when we'd be gone a little bit. Well, it's taken longer than we thought. Always. So does. we're, 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 we're sans a sink. Oof. Oven and dishwasher. It's amazing how much you depend on those things. <laughs> you ever try doing your dishes in the sink in the bathroom? Oh, it's always a lot of fun. So it's just <laughs> go out to eat. And so I'm gaining another 20 pounds as we speak because mm. it's Dunkin' Donuts every morning and sure. something horrible for lunch and something for dinner. And, you know, it just continues on. But anyway. Not a lot of uh, Whole Foods markets. There in really in is Morgan not, town. unfortunately. We have uh, Walmart and we have Walmart. <laughs> That's some it. good stuff there, actually, though, if you're oh, if you're sure. Sure. Discerning uh, health nut that you can actually <laughs> weed your way through Walmart. Well, it's like anything, you know the 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 stuff that you buy that's the easiest to get to is usually the worst for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's right there at that's eye true. level. Churros, you know, churros. <laughs> that's exactly right. So, but anyway, we had a great time seeing the kids and the grandkids. My wife celebrated her birthday a few nice. days ago. We uh, did that. My my mother in law's birthday is today, and today being uh, January the seventh, right? That's my, right. My wife. That's right. And my, yeah, my wife's birthday was January the fifth. So and Elvis's birthday is tomorrow. January tomorrow, January the eighth. Right. So and uh, yeah, so all kinds of important people in my life have birthdays. Nice. And we had a great anniversary on January first. You did five years. Let's see if we got anything cool. Applause. That's the money. Whoops, that was the wrong one to push. Anyway, our five year anniversary. Which is amazing. Uh, not an amazing, I, I'm not amazed at it because we've been in business five years. I kind of expected that or mm-hmm. hope to expect that. Right. What is amazing is how fast it's gone. 
you know, they say that, that time goes faster as you get older. And it my does. son said to me one time when he had become a business owner, he said, I didn't understand what you meant when you said time went faster until I realized that at the end of every month, somebody needed money for rent. <laughs> Comes up quick, doesn't it? It does come quick. It's like, wait a minute, didn't I just pay 31 days ago or 30 right. days or 28 in that horrible month of February? <laughs> I volunteer for just a number of different, you know, committees and what whatnot. Right. And, there's a monthly meeting and oh, oops, it came up and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't do any of the action <laughs> items that were on that list. That you probably brought up and agreed to do, right? <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, I'm in a meeting yeah. this month and here we are a month later and it's like, whoops. I have that happen from time to time where you, you know, you have a great conversation with somebody and everybody's all fired up and then life happens and all yeah. of a sudden you're like, oh man, I was supposed to do that. Look exactly. at the group of crowd of people coming in today. Well, it's a overcast 40 degree day here in Morgantown. Yeah. Again, January the 7th. This will air the first date. January the 14th, and then next week, on January the 14th, in our studio will be none other than Chuck Cantwell. That's awesome. Uh, the father of the GT350 Amazing. and uh, who also worked for Penske uh, and Mark Donahue during the, the Porsche 917 years and then went to work with Lockheed Martin where he retired from there as, you know, the senior guru of speed and all that stuff. And, and Lockheed Martin, there's an interesting uh, article I read the other day about Lockheed Martin is they're getting involved with the manufacturer about some skunk work stuff. And so really it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a minute. And, uh, and also I just read yesterday that, uh, you know, Michael Andretti is trying to get into Formula One and has been for the last probably six months or so. And now he's got a new partnership with General Motors, specifically Cadillac. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be Cadillac and Andretti trying to form, to, to form and, and campaign a Formula One car. How about that? Or two Formula One cars, I now, guess. Has Cadillac so. ever done that before? I don't think so. I mean, they, they are involved in Le Mans with the LMP program and they're involved in sports other racing, racing and sports yeah, car IMSA racing, IMSA stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, when you say IMSA, I don't know if that even dates you. Like, is there even is still, it? yeah, I think it is still around. I'll have to. It's find. around. It is. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> not what it used to be. All right. In the old days when you watch the 935 Porsches and the, and then the 962s right. in later years, like, uh, your buddy Al Holbert yep. r- drove, and uh, yeah, so uh, Cadillac and Andretti, which which is odd in a way, and the reason it's odd to me is because of this whole push for electric cars, mm-hmm. and just wondering what reasoning Cadillac had to get involved in to a sport that relies on analog, if you will, engines, mm-hmm. which is combustion-based engines. Is something going to change with that? Maybe. Who knows? What did I see on television? There was an autonomous race. Like there were no right. people in the right. in the cars. Like remote control. Like Ford lights. Uh, what are they called? Ford super lights or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, like remote control yeah. and electric. <laughs> and electric. So, so weird. But, you know, it's funny. You talk to the dealers, uh, especially in this area, and and the manufacturers desperately want them to promote the electric cars, but they can't get the inventory. Mm. You know, my partner just got an F-150 Lightning, and he waited and waited and waited forever to get it. And he wants one just because it's kind of the newest, coolest. He's a tech guy. Right. And so tech people like electric cars, and I understand that because it's different and it's new and it's cutting edge, if you will. Not really, because electric cars were in the early 1900s. But <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And the, some we, have, of the, we have a replica here, if you're we, interested. We do. We do. Really well done by our, our buddy Bill Eggers out of uh, Connecticut, who mm-hmm. builds these things and has been for years, and builds basically replicas of all these first 
Yeah, for one of you know, first year of a truck, first year of a car, first year of a, uh, a buggy, whatever, and he builds all these things, and they're really interestingly done. And some of the engines are actually made out of wood, which means that they don't run. <laughs> I would hope. So. Yeah, friction might be yeah, a friction and the spark and, and the wood combination might Man. might not work uh, very well. But uh, also going on right now is the uh, Mecham Kissimmee auction, which we've been talking about. 4,100 cars they're selling in 12 days. And I was just looking back at our numbers. You know, it's funny. Since we started January 1st, 2018, uh, we've consigned 4,211 cars. Mm. And last year alone, we've consigned 1,216 cars. Wow. Is that hard to believe? It's amazing. It? Yeah. And, and of those, I say of those because we had inventory to start the year when we started January 1st of Last year, uh, we've sold, uh, in the past 12 months, 823 cars. Actually, 845 cars, counting some of the ones that we owned as well. So, uh, the consignment business is strong right now. And the market is good. We've started out, I mean, my goodness, the first of this month just went gangbusters. And so in the last three weeks, where have we sold cars to? Wow. 46 cars we've sold <laughs> in the last three weeks. Let me see. Let me check the time. Yeah. yeah, you got time. <laughs> Do I have time to get through this. I, I was hoping you're going to say no. All right. <laughs> so, where did we sell cars this past three weeks? How about Fairfield, New Jersey, Houtsdale, Pennsylvania, Lebanon, Pennsylvania, Fort Lee, New Jersey, Petaluma, California, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, North Smithfield, Rhode Island, Houston, Netherlands, Reading, Massachusetts. Oh, I was going to say Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Shelby Township, Michigan, Nampa. Idaho, I think the first one to Idaho we've ever sold, Tallahassee, Florida, Austin, Texas, Lavaletta, West Virginia, Whistler, Alabama, Traveler's Rest, South Carolina, Hanover, Pennsylvania, Majic, Netherlands, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, Clinton, Iowa, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, Collegeville, Pennsylvania, Honeybrook, Pennsylvania, Pottstown, Pennsylvania, Marathon, Florida, Oxford, Connecticut, Richmond, Texas, Auburn, Pennsylvania, Elizabeth, Pennsylvania, Newtown, Pennsylvania, Monmouth, New Jersey, Charleston, West Virginia, Easton, Pennsylvania, Reading, Pennsylvania, Taylor, Michigan, Nicholson, Pennsylvania, Brookhaven, Pennsylvania, Brooklyn, New York, Muskegon Heights, Michigan, Wisconsin, Dells, Wisconsin, Murraysville, Pennsylvania, Easton, Pennsylvania, in Montoursville, Pennsylvania. Wow. <laughs> All over the place. All over the place. But first one to Idaho, uh, one for Iowa and, uh, yeah. 14 states and two to the Netherlands. Yeah, and two to the oh, Netherlands. Interesting. Which is interesting. And they happen like within one day of each other. Oh, really? Which is weird. It, predicting overseas buyers on cars is almost you know, uh, impossible to predict. You just can't tell what's going to sell and what's going to hit their hot button. I mean, we know a, a basic idea. They like big American luxury type cars, 1960s and 70s, four-door, you know, uh, Oldsmobile 98s and things like uh-huh, that. Right. Uh, that. But you can never really tell. And it's usually usually when the overseas sales pick up is when the market or when the dollar is a little bit weaker against some of their currencies. Mm-hmm. And so you see that from time to time as well, too. But it's it's hard to predict because – when you buy a car from from another country, the import fees can be pretty substantial. So you have to be careful, you know, when you look and see a car and let's say you find something that you want to buy and it's over in, you know, London or mm-hmm. or it's in somewhere in the net in Prague or somewhere like that. Do your homework because 
you know, the import fees can be, and it's based on, it can be based on year and it can be based on price or perceived value or a lot of different things. So just, just be careful when you're looking at buying a car from overseas because there could be some cost in there that, uh, well, just the shipping alone, shipping alone. Although it's cheaper. We say this, it's sure. cheaper to ship a car from here to, to London than it is from here to Seattle. Really? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Cause you put it in a big container ship, you know, oh, okay. so, you know, right, so right. it's, it's a, a, you know, effective use of their space. You can only put, you know, the most cars you can put on a, on a transport. I think the most I've ever seen on a one car or a hauler is nine yeah. on one of those open haulers. Right. And that's, that's pushing it. That's right. <laughs> if, if you go open. Yeah. The closed ones will go six at the most. Yeah. yeah. Usually it's six. I, I don't know that I, maybe I'm wrong. I, I've been wrong before, but. Yeah. But I believe that the biggest that you can haul is six. Most of the shippers, reliable, passport, uh, inner city, those kind of guys all have six car enclosed and they're really nice trailers, but mm-hmm. they're very narrow. I mean, you, I know. you put those cars in. I mean, they're it's tight. It's tight. And to get out of them, that's why you love to see. When you, uh, you know, the single car trailers, they have the escape hatch door, mm-hmm. which opens up and allows you to open the car door up a little bit further so you can get in and mm-hmm. out at ease. Cause some of these, uh, shippers like to eat. <laughs> so. You mean the drivers? <laughs> the drivers, yes. Yeah. They like to eat. So getting in and out of those cars is pretty tricky, but sure. you know, it, it's fun to watch, uh, a professional guy load one of these trailers like these guys from RM or, or, or RM, reliable and passport. Yeah. And when they load them and the way that they treat the car and the way that they understand these old cars and the way that they, they put plastic down over the seats and they cover the car from above with plastic over the car below. And all of that. And so people say, you know, they ask us for quotes on shipping and they say, oh, that's, gosh, that seems like a lot of money. Well, you kind of get what you pay for, yeah, you know. That's true. Um, and if you, uh, if you pay for enclosed shipping and it's a slab side or a, or a flap side, which is basically canvas sides, car gets just as dirty, if not dirtier. Right? And it were in an open trailer, so it's good to know. Good to know. Yeah, so, I see those hey, all the time. I'm I wonder, a, always I'm wonder a, about that. I'm a wealth of, wealth of information here. They flap right in. We had a guy who sent us a Cobra from California and put a car cover over it on an uh, on a, a open carrier, oh. and they just flapped and beat the paint to death. So it'll do that. Anyway, when we return, we'll uh, we'll educate you some more about <laughs> things that we know and things that we don't. know. We'll be back in just a minute with the Mall Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com. Or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Automobile Podcast. Lovely Morgantown, Pennsylvania. We're just talking about being in Philadelphia. We're doing the Philly Auto Show coming up. We are. Uh, in about three weeks. Looking forward to that. Yeah. So uh, we're taking 18 cars. Logistically, 
It's a nightmare. Speaking of carriers, speaking <laughs> yeah. of motor carriers. Yeah, Delta Transport takes our cars down there. They have for the past five years that we've done the Philly Auto Show, and they do a great job. And it's it's not easy to get an 18-wheeler around downtown Philly <laughs> or into the garage where you have to go through or get the cars out and get them into place, which have to go through sometimes some catacombs, if you will, right. some very narrow passageways that really weren't designed for cars oh, to yeah, be the driving. Tunnel, the little yeah. tunnel. Yeah. For, oh, the Cobra. I drove the van. Oh, I thought you drove the Cobra. I did. Yeah. I also drove the van, which is a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, so. It's like an elevator shaft. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's an elevator, sh- uh, a, a horizontal elevator right. shaft, right? And uh, so anyway, we're doing that coming up in downtown Philly, and that'll be a lot of fun. And we also do doing the Harrisburg uh, new car show, which is the week – it kind of overlaps. I don't even. Oh, really? I, I'm not quite sure how that happens. Oh, uh, scheduling snafu or conflict or something. But anyway, uh, we we you know the first year that we were in business, 2018, we got invited to be at the Philly Auto Show, and of course it was a game changer for us in more ways than one, and not only because of the show itself, but also the ABC Six News team came out and did a whole segment on us, and it really got people's attention to what we were doing here, and. Couldn't be more, uh, you know, happy to be involved with it. And, you know, the new car shows are going through some, mm-hmm. some transition right now. You know, it's, it's in the old days, you know, remember they used to put, I don't know if you remember this, but they used to put, you know, paper over the windows of the dealerships when the new cars were coming in in September. And so nobody could see in until they had them all in place and ready to go and wow. the unveiling on September 1st or whatever day that was. Now you can see pretty much anything you want. I mean, I can see where George Clooney lives. I don't know why. I just happen to see his name here. But you know what I mean? I mean, there's not, there's not much secret. You see any new car, any car that's ever been tested out on the road, somebody's got a picture of it. You know, with the advent of cameras everywhere, not only on our phones, but in traffic cameras and businesses and these rings that you have on your door that, you know, can catch some crazy. I get hooked on these car crashes things. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah, And all of a sudden the guy goes flying through the front yard airborne, you know, (laughs) it's like, okay. So, um, but, uh, uh, you know, hopefully, um, I don't know where I was going with this. (laughs) I had no idea what I was talking about. Um, I don't either. Okay. New car, new cars. Yeah. Oh, the show. Yeah. Yeah. God. There you go. It is amazing the older you get how just, you just can blank yourself. (laughs) Go blank yourself. Go blank yourself. (laughs) So anyway, uh, excited to be involved in it. And, and, you know, we're, we, our our buddy Scott Velvet comes up from Missouri. We've got the celebrity cars and, and all of that. And then we have our, uh, classic cars, 18 that we bring. And then the AACA has a whole section right across from us and they bring, 20 or 30 cars that uh, on display and theirs is to promote uh, the club and membership of the AACA, the Antique Automobile Club of America. If you're not a member, buy a car from us and you'll get a free membership for one year. Or you can go to AACA.org, I think, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and become a member. It's a wonderful organization that is, you know, doing everything in their power to maintain the status quo of the hobby. You know, make sure that people continue to appreciate these old cars and that we keep having, you know, fuel that we can put in them and that we can you know, perpetuate this hobby with the, you know, it's funny. We were talking the other day about antique furniture and nobody wants it. You know, you're, you're, you're a parent and you've got a, you got a bunch of antique furniture and you're moving to your retirement home and you tell the kids, well, okay, come pick out the furniture you want. Nobody wants it. Yeah. It's all Ikea. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like nobody wants it. It's like, we don't want that old stuff. And we don't want that to happen with cars. And it's funny because, 
you don't see it in the carbon. You, you know, Duesenbergs built in the 20s and 30s are have not faded away at all. You know, but then my partner also collects um, piano orchestras and mm-hmm. and band organs and and things like that that are. There wasn't that many people collecting them to begin with, and the ones that are are now no longer with us. So the market's different. And fortunately, a lot of the car market has continued because possibly because of the usability of a car, that you can actually drive it and use it. A painting you can't really drive and use. The piano orchestra, you put it in your garage and it looks pretty, but if you play it, your neighbors will (laughs) kill you because they're so loud. Um, And so – you know, it's one of those things that, uh, um, as, as time goes on, what remains collectible and what remains relevant is, you know, hard to say. I mean, I'm looking at our website right now. We've got a 68, 60, 269 and 68 Camaros on our homepage, first page that comes up. And, you know, they're still very, very relevant. And, but what are they going to look like in 20 years mm-hmm. or 30 years or 50 years or? Whatever the number is, and that's the thing that we don't know. That's the crystal ball that you don't have. You know, an article I just wrote for the AACA Speedster, which is their monthly uh, email newsletter, was about buying cars as an investment, and I recommend don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, buy it because you love it. Buy it because it's the one you've always dreamed of owning. Buy it. Don't buy it because you think, all right, I can buy it, I can do this, and I'm going to flip it. And no. First of all, it's not an easy business. Right. You know, that's why we have 1,200 consignments come here last year because it's not easy to sell your own car and it's not easy to sell it for a profit and it's not easy to, to do this uh, business. And that's why people utilize our services because, you know, listen, at the end of the day, I say if you can get close to what you paid for a car and you enjoyed it for two or three years, you did really, really well. Yeah, or 10 years. Or 10 years or however long it is for you mm-hmm. or, or, you know, whatever you're looking at. But anyway, um, some of the new inventory we've gotten in uh, the past couple of weeks, three weeks, uh, 1960 Chevrolet Impala hardtop. Have you seen this one, the barn find? No, I don't think It's I covered in dirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's oh, right. It's covered in, in patina and dirt and everything you can imagine. It, if you can see under the dirt, it's Tasco turquoise over black. <laughs> right, but it looks brown. It looks brown. Yeah. 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 And uh, a wonderful barn find. Uh, it's got the 235 cubic inch inline six. Interesting engine choice for that mm-hmm. car. Uh, three-speed manual. And it's got the huge bat wings, you know, on the right. back. It looks like it looks like a bat wing. It really, it really does. Do. Uh, and then, of course, your favorite. Everybody's favorite. The 98 Jaguar XJ8 pickup. <laughs> El Camino. El Camino of, of Britain. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm sure the Royals are turning over in their grave and in their beds. It's an this. interesting car. I mean, it's uh, certainly uh, and it's an eye opener. Br- British Racing Green. It is. BRG, of course. Why wouldn't it be? Over barley. Right. Which is an ingredient in beer. And I guess <laughs> it's a color that's tannish mm-hmm. or uh, closer to white or tan or whatever it is. Uh, it's a custom, as my writer said, jag up. Uh huh. <laughs> Instead of pickup. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's a jag up. Jag up. Uh, four liter V8, five speed, uh, automatic, leather and burl. It's one of one, we believe. <laughs> I've never seen there could one. Be. There's a lot of conversions we get, the Volkswagen conversions. Yeah. Stuff, but I've never seen a Jaguar. Yeah, we've got to, didn't we get a Jetta or not yeah. a Jetta, but a, uh, there was a, uh, it was a, not a Jetta. Well, there, there was, was a, a Beetle for one and then a the golf. Other was a golf. Yeah. I think it was a golf GTI yep. or as or, a pickup truck. As a and pickup. There were conversion kits available for those. I don't know if this one's just custom out of somebody made it. Somebody's mind. Yeah. Somebody's mind. Well, I would think there'd be more than one if it was some kind of kit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So. And maybe it's not one of one, but 
What do I know? It's, it's interesting. <laughs> You'd be the only one at the car show. That's you would sure. certainly be that. And there's something to be said for that. I think so. You know, I, I, I don't discount that. I think that some people shy away from that and, and like something that's common. Uh, and I say common. It's hard to call a, you know, a Chevelle SS396 convertible common or a, right. a true Z28 common or a RS convertible common, but, but they are more common as in the fact that you see them out and about and, and mm-hmm. wherever you may be at a car show. You're not going to see the, the Jag up. You're not going to see the, the golf up. Right. You know, you're yeah. going to see, uh, the, the normal, the normal stuff. And I think that uh, it's interesting to talk to the people at car shows and events that have the oddball cars because they're usually the most interesting people to talk mm-hmm. to because they're they're different and right. and and in a good way. Right. You know that's not a that's not no, a no, slur. It's usually eccentric. Yeah, eccentric. That would be a great word right. to use, and I love it because I did, I did use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean that past tense person. Right, right, yeah, right. Um, and so you know you get. These cars, I love it when the guys call me and they say, you gotta come back here to the right, back. Right. When there's some new cars come in. I always know it's going to be fun. something either that they know that I like or that it's just so oddball that, right. that I'm, and we've got some oddball stuff in lately. That, that 68 G10 Chevrolet van that's got the flat nose on the front. Um, I'm going off of the, off a of script here, right, but, right. uh, uh, it looks like the Ford Econoline van. Okay, you right. know, the flat yeah. nose where you literally, your face is almost to the windshield. The windshield is flat yeah. down with the grill, right? Yeah. So, uh, also got in a 68 Pontiac Firebird coupe. I love those first generation Firebirds. And I do Pontiacs. too. And we're, they were, you could get them for a dime a dozen not long ago. Yeah, they were, they were very reasonable. For 20 grand, you could get a nice one. Mm-hmm. Now they're starting to press up a little bit. People are appreciating the difference in styling between that and, mm-hmm. and the Camaro, which they're basically uh, the same, one and the same yeah. for all. And I, that purists don't call me. Right, I, right. I know they're not the same, but. Camaro Nationals yeah. just pulled their contract. <laughs> yeah, we're not coming back. <laughs> Forget it. But. You know, the, the Firebird was meant to be more of a grand touring car and the Camaro is maybe meant to be more of a muscle type car, if you will. I, you know, and, and listen, they were both, I mean, they both had some amazing power plant options. Uh, the 396 Camaros, which you don't see very often. Um, the, uh, the 302 DZ302 Z28s that were built to homologate the, the, uh, uh, car for Trans Am racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the seventies, the SS 396s, which we, when we had the Camaro Nationals here, there was three of them here. Right. And that's an un- unusual car. You don't see a lot of those out there. And I don't know how many they made or didn't make. Uh, I don't know the numbers on those, but I know that there weren't a whole lot. Right. And, uh, whether these, and, and I gotta imagine that these were, factory built ones because it was the Camaro Nationals. You had every Camaro guru on the planet and I imagine you can't slip much past them. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if what the numbers were on Firebird production, but you you don't see them nearly as often. You sure don't. And 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 they they have a very unique look about them. I think you so. know, I, I I like them a lot. Uh, I love the Camaros too. I mean, mm-hmm. I've always been a Camaro guy my whole life and I love the uh, I had a what was the last Camaro? I owned? 78Z28. Chocolate brown with uh, the tan interior and that that wheat steering wheel that had the wrap around it, but it was factory the uh-huh. wrap and it was kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't pleasant on the hands. Right, right. <laughs> but that car was fun. That was a it was an automatic. Uh, it would chirp the tires in second going to second gear. I think it was just a three fifty. I'm right. sure is what it was in seventy eight. Uh, but it was a fun car to drive. And then my buddy had a seventy seven, which was the first year back for the Z twenty eight after a few year three years. 
two or three year hiatus and uh, it was a four speed car, but it was high geared. So, I mean, you could go zero to 70 in no time flat, mm-hmm. but going beyond 70, the thing felt like it was going to explode. You know, mm-hmm. it was just, it was really, I mean, just, you know, the rear end was probably a 390 something uh-huh. or a 383 or something. So, uh, but anyway. Uh, love the Firebirds. This one is Mystic Teal Metallic Over Black. Numbers matching 350 uh, HO, high output uh, engine. Muncie M20. It's got the PHS docks, two build sheets, and four-wheel power disc brakes, which is kind of an unusual option to see on a car from the 60s. A lot of times it was just front disc and rear drums uh, on those. And then we got a 2015 Ford Mustang GT 50th anniversary. Kona Blue Over Black and Cashmere. Mm-hmm. Cashmere. That's what it should be called. Yeah. Um, 370.7 actual miles. Incredible. No, they didn't enjoy it. <laughs> they did not enjoy it. They did not. <laughs> well, they get enjoyed to, looking at it yeah, in the garage, which, yeah. which has, and has prob- validity to it. And, and again, probably were thinking of it as an investment mm-hmm. and, you know, bought it and maybe they, maybe they will turn a profit. And I always say if you do turn a profit on a car, that's not a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not good. I'm just saying it's not easy to do. Right. Uh, the best intentions don't always work with that. So when we return, we'll try to get through the rest of our inventory list and we'll talk about some other things, including, uh, the Pontiac Trans Ams of the first gen, 1969, and the Porsche 928, and one of my perennial favorites, the 1967 Pontiac one-year-only Grand Prix convertible. When we return to the when it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back for the classic auto modified. Suck it and yelled at on the air. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't know the details there of things is. that go around here. <laughs> Can she hear us? I, probably. All right. Uh, Ethan's nodding yes, so I'm in trouble now. Um, anyway. Kathy um, does an amazing job of business management. And once in a while, cars uh, come, come and go. They come and go, and sometimes we don't know that they've come or gone. When you're on the air. Yeah, you're on, you're on the air. This is your this is your hour break. This is my nirvana. This That's is right. My, That's my right. zen moment of 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 living when I can be here for an hour every day. And nobody like, can. Sean, I don't want to know about your business. I don't want to know about your business. I don't want to know about your politics. I don't know about your religion. I just like your music. Right. Forget the rest of it. That's our show. And That's our show. That's what we do. We're just you know just guys talking, talking about cars. cars. You know, exactly. that's all we're doing. So some of the other inventory we got in. How about the '68 Excalibur? Excalibur. SSK Roadster. I remember seeing these in Vegas quite a bit. This is a Vegas car. So they are more, I don't know, let me see how you say this. So they are more of a 
driver's car, car guy's car than than some of the other versions, the Excalibur and the, the what were some of the other ones? That, oh, the Clinet. The Clinet. The Clinet was pretty actually pretty was well pretty good done. Too. Saw a bunch yeah, of uh, the Clinet and the Excalibur are probably the best of those kind of mm-hmm. elongated Mercedes esque replicas mm-hmm. of cars built in the seventies and eighties. They were the kind of the ostentatious era of stuff that was going on, and so it was. Uh, but but a couple of them were really well done. The Excalibur being one, it's black over stainless steel. I don't know where the Clinet came from out of my memory. Yeah, that's that was crazy. pretty good though. That's that's what the other cars. Clinets were really well built. Yeah. We'll have to do some. We'll have to do some research on those and talk a little bit more yeah. about those um, next time. But anyway, this Excalibur, a three twenty seven Corvette engine. Mm. Uh, circa 1968, um, kind of Mercedes esque lines, as I said, 19 from the 20s. It's got a Muncie M20, and one of 37 built for 1968. So they're really interesting cars. And all these cars that we're talking about, you can see on our website, which is classicautomall.com, right. and uh, or you can go on our social media sites mm-hmm. and uh, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. Oh, Instagram. And Instagram And Instagram well. are the ones that we do the most. Yeah, and on, fa- on uh, YouTube now, we're put- we have a new series called Classic Tips with right. Stuart Howden. Yeah. And we're taking little clips from these shows that, like you might say, spend three minutes. Just Talking about something. Right, like shipping. Yeah, or there values you go. Or, something. or insurance. We're or using those as, as classic tips. So classic tips. Check that out so on YouTube. If you need a classic tip. Yep. Then tune into the YouTube channel, the YouTube. It's right. <laughs> like that tells you how tragically unhip right. I am and how I know nothing about any of this stuff. And TikTok is TikToking a word? Do you, can you, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm TikToking today. TikToking. So yep. leave me alone. Yep. Cause I'm LMAO. <laughs> Cause I, I DK. That's pretty good. <laughs> See, Ethan's giving me the thumbs up in yeah. there. So, uh, anyway, um, we've been talking about, um, Car specialists and marketing uh, teams from here that we're, we're gathering across the country and trying to get people in different cities and locations to become part of the team. So if you're if you're in an area that's 150 miles plus from here, uh, that here being Morgantown, Pennsylvania, which mm-hmm. is in southeast Pennsylvania, an hour west of Philadelphia. But if you're in Virginia or Tennessee or North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, you know Georgia, Alabama, blah blah blah, Ohio. Give us a call. If you go to car shows and you want to uh, want to work with us and do some stuff with us, we've got some opportunities. What we call our marketing specialists, and we'll provide you all everything you need, you know, brochures and video, uh, video business cards and, and access to the system and all that good stuff. And uh, you can make a little extra jingle for going to a car show, which a lot of these guys already do. You're, you're in a prime example of that. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, there is always uh, some follow-up required. Absolutely, it's yeah. Not, not always easy. <laughs> no, it's uh, not. Sometimes you get calls. <laughs> you don't know who they are. <laughs> from, or from, from consigners saying, wait, that's not the... That's not the price we agreed. Right, right. So we go back to the paperwork. And yes. yes, yes, we did. Yes, we did. You have to remind them, but uh, there's still quite a bit of follow up. Uh, yeah. But you build a rapport with these people, and they, they, you know, the the business model is so great that they they trust the uh, record, your track record. Yeah, exactly, and the process that we do, right. and the fact that you know it's if it was easy, everybody'd be doing. It. That's right. You know, that's what we always say, and I mean, we say that tongue in cheek, but. But it's very true. I mean, it's not an easy business. And we say this quite often on here and, and for good reason. 
it's difficult and and there's a lot of pitfalls to this and you got to make sure that you know you you dot every t and cross every i <laughs> that's right i knew you were gonna i was hoping to get you on that one you know see 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 ethan didn't even pick it up <laughs> So, um, yeah, if you email us podcast at classicautomall.com or call us at 888-227-0914 and uh, we'll talk to you about our marketing program and a way you can do to, to make a little extra jingle in your pocket just for going to car shows yeah. and talking to people. That's and, right. You know, yes, there's follow up and yes, there's paperwork and all that stuff. But if you're already going to car shows, that's half the battle. You know, we're not asking you to do something that you're not already doing. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, watching TV. If you could get paid to watch TV. Well, I guess they do that too. The they Nielsen thing. Sometimes, yeah. Is that still around? The Nielsen know. thing? Where, it's all electronic now. Yeah. Where they would track how, what you watch. You had to write down a little diary what you were watching. Do they pay people for that? I don't think you got paid for that. You just got the honor of <laughs> being, being you know, a statistic. Yeah. No, controlling what is on television. Right. Exactly. You know? And you can tell that they don't have it now because some of the shows are. For sure. Yeah. Although I watch watched a great show on the airplane coming home. Okay. The Offer. And it's about the making of The Godfather. Oh. Yeah. It's that, that pretty fascinating. Have you seen that? No? No. Ethan has not seen it. So, so it doesn't, it hasn't, get, have you seen The Godfather? Mm. One and two. Scarface. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Casino. No. That's a good one. That's a really good one. And Goodfellas. Yeah. Goodfellas is a great movie. And, uh, so anyway, the make, I don't know how I'm digressing all the way into this. The offer is a really wonderful thing. And speaking of film, our car movie of the week, Grand Prix, mm-hmm. starring Mr. James Garner. Right. Who you apparently have some kind of deep affection for. Well, <laughs> I've been watching the Rockford Files. Yes. Yeah. It turns out that every, uh, he, there's, there's, uh, he's being held at gunpoint in every show. <laughs> And he's being followed in every show. Right. So it's getting a little redundant. A little redundantly redundant, as I like to say. <laughs> the plots, or at least the, some of the actions in each show episode of The Rockford Files is becoming redundant. And then Angel gets in trouble and right. he has to beat him up. And What was his fee per day? Oh, that's a good question. $200. Yeah. Plus expenses. Right. If he could get, it, it says, if he, when he can collect it. So <laughs> either the guy died or something happened. Uh, so, you know, it was one of those things. And that, the smoking uh, was prevalent. Oh my God. And, and the political incorrectness is, you know, it's interesting, uh, when you watch, uh, interesting, I don't know if that's even the right term, but it's, it's, it's the way of the world. And there's things that they say and talk about and do back in the sixties and seventies that today would just be, (laughs) you know, you get put in jail. Uh, and of course the, you know, the, the thing that most of us like the Rockford files for was James Garner was a cool guy and he was really tr- and truly a race car driver and he did a lot of driving in Grand Prix, right. but he drove a gold Pontiac Firebird, uh, in the show and, uh, he could do the moonshiners run, the turnaround, which oh, right, is the, right. where you get the emergency brake and do the whole, you know, 180. And, uh, so anyway, and I think, let's see, what was the last year? Probably 79 or I think they started. Started seventy four and it ran through seventy nine, and I, I'm sure they did. They use I wonder if they used a different car every. They did. There was two different Firebirds. One was like an earlier, like a seventy three or seventy four, right? And then he switched to a seventy, the long front end seventy seventy seven or yeah, seventy eight, like yeah. But the same color and uh, 
What was the deal with that? It sold recently. One of them sold recently. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be interesting it to find out. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. Uh, um, but anyway, Grand Prix, uh, the movie based on, you know, basically Formula One racing now, um, it was uh, released in 1966, and it was 179 minutes long, almost three hours long. That's a long movie. And the problem is, is that... All the critics say that it's like going to the IMAX and watching a a roller coaster, you know, where you're riding on the roller coaster. That part's great. If there was any dialogue, you don't want to know about the couple on the roller coaster and what they're doing. And the dialogue was pretty bad for for these movies. The budget was $9 million, which is a lot of money in 1966. And the box office was over $20 million. How about that? Starring uh, James Garner, aforementioned. And uh, who else was in that? Oh, uh, Eva Marie Saint Mm -hmm. and Yves Montand. Mm. How'd you like to be named Eves? Not with, not with a Y, anyway. <laughs> why, why Vess? <laughs> so, um, directed by, uh, John Frankenheimer, and it was nominated for, he was nominated for Outstanding Director by the Directors Guild, and it won three Academy Awards in 1966, the 39th Annual Academy Awards, uh, Best Sound Effects, Best Film Editing, and Best Sound. And it, it was shot in Cinerama, which is like a, a three screens melded together. Okay. And it had three different cameras. Mm-hmm. So if you had a, a break in one of the film of one of the cameras, you had to figure out a way to make it work with the other cameras. Okay. And the actors had to stand differently when they were doing mm-hmm. dialogue. And Cinerama was going to be the new great thing. And it was like, it was like a, a curved screen, which okay. I have a curved screen TV at the house. Right. <laughs> so. It's not a bit, it's not a big a deal, but, uh. It's a precursor to IMAX. IMAX. And it was first to use multi-track sound. So they had like seven channels. So they had two speakers up at the, the, uh, stage and then a couple on the side and then a couple in the back. Okay. So it gave you that immersive, you hear the car coming behind you and wow. around you and all that, which, you know, we all have now yeah. surround sound mm-hmm. is not a big deal. But in 1966, it was a huge deal. And, uh, of course, you know, that super pan of it, it was really, it was interesting. The cinematography for that movie was great. The in-car camera stuff that in 1966 you really didn't get to see. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like today where they have a camera everywhere. You watch a Formula One race or you watch a NASCAR race. I mean, you can see... Well, everything. Cars you see the, behind, cars, cars in front, cars, you know, from the spoiler, from their foot and how they're doing, yeah. their, what they're doing and the way their, their perspective. Um, I know that, uh, in Formula One last year, they had on the, maybe in the last two years, Ferrari, uh, one of their drivers, uh, Charles Leclerc, uh, had a camera that gave you the perspective of driving the car. It was like coming from mm-hmm. inside of his helmet, mm-hmm. the camera angle, and yeah. it was weird. And it was bouncy, and you think, mm-hmm. how in the world? But it, it, it's different when you're watching it versus when you're in it. Yeah. It's, it, I, I don't know. Somehow your body must adapt differently yeah, right, to right, the right. bouncing and all that because you think there's no way that they could see or make a turn or see anybody. So the camera and, vibrates, but your eyes. Yeah. Your eyes somehow don't. it's able to, when you're watching on TV, it's, you can see the vibration. When you're actually living it, maybe you don't see it. I don't know. But race car drivers are subject to a lot of vibration. Oh, and, and G-forces yeah, and, yeah. and bouncing. That's why and, they have to be in shape. Yeah, they have, yeah, they have to be in shape. That can't be the good old days where you smoke a cigarette after the NASCAR race, you know. Right. And uh, and they were having a problem in Formula One with porpoising where the cars were bouncing mm-hmm. down there. They couldn't keep them from bouncing down these tracks. And have you ever been in a like a, a big F-350 pickup truck that gets in on a bad highway with sure. a trailer and it's bouncing, right. it will jiggle the heck out of yeah. you. <laughs> you're exhausted. Yeah. yeah it's right. like, cause you're tense. Yeah, right. You know, and, exactly. uh, and so that's, that's what they were going through and they were figuring it out. And there's a, a young listener and a cute little girl in a, 
Right. Hi there. How are you today? <laughs> the whole family's here. The whole today. family here to see the cl- cars and uh, event. Yep. And uh, people, you know, it's a great way to spend a Saturday afternoon Absolutely. or Saturday morning because we're not open in the afternoon. Right. But uh, anyway, uh, so anyway, we're back to uh, Grand Prix. And like I said, if you get a chance, go, go watch that movie. It's interesting. Like I said, you can fast forward through the dialogue and the love, you know, Triangle Unless interest. It'd be cool to see it in a theater. It would know, be very cool on a Cinerama theater. Cinerama yeah, I wonder yeah. if there's any of those that are out there anymore. So we'll have to. In LA. There was yeah. One in LA. Oh, of course, there's one in LA. <laughs> I don't know about here in Morgantown. In old, good old Morgantown, we might not find. Do you have a movie theater here? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah, there's a, a business idea. Yeah, I don't know. Movie theaters seem to be a little bit on the wane, you know. I, I think Top Gun Maverick was the only blockbuster they've had all year, maybe. And Elvis. Elvis was a great movie. Yeah. It was. And I think there's others coming out. Anyway, when we return, more nonsensical information that you can't live without. Classic Automall Podcast. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And back again. Podcast. Man, there are tons of people coming in today, uh, January the 7th, 2023. Amazing. <laughs> I can't even. I still can't write it right. Oh, my oh I can't. I was just getting sort of used to 22. I was yeah. still messing it up. <laughs> so when we were in Colorado Springs, we um, we actually had two interesting car rentals. The one in Missouri, we had the Expedition Max. Oh, wow. Which was great, and the weather was kind of crappy. And then we had this new Suburban in Colorado Springs, and those things drive nice. Do they? Oh, my God. They're big, though. Yeah, I have a hard time with large vehicles. They're big. You know, it's like my pickup truck, that Denali, that GMC. It's just a 1500. You think, well, they're not that big, but it's four doors. And it's even the shorter bed, six-foot bed. But some of these parking lots are almost impossible to get out of. And I jokingly say – I don't even jokingly say this. In Mm -hmm. fact, is that – I could I can be going sixty miles an hour and I could go through two walls that were within six inches on either right. side of my car. But I park in a parking lot and it's like I was blind or something. Well, how did I get this so bad? Even I, with all the cameras, now. <laughs> the cameras and everything. The one the great thing about the GMC it has an overhead camera that shows you like where you are in the parking right. space. So you're like, how I know I'm straight. <laughs> You're not straight. But then I can drive 60 miles an hour. Yeah. I don't I can't. I've never proven this, but. Let's do it. With six inches on either side. We could do it with like little plastic poles or something. Right, right. So I could prove that I know how to do this, but, but I can't park to save my life. So anyway, <laughs> there's that. Um, one of the Christmas presents I got was a Lego Formula One car. Well, that's going to take the rest of my life. <laughs> Get to it after you read the magazines that you have stacked up yeah. in your office. Five thousand magazines that I have stacked in up between uh, reading Hemmings, articles. yeah, and books. Now, I, I, we were at the bookstore the other day, and Kathy, my mm-hmm. wife, said, "Why are you buying another book?" And I go, "Well, because it's one I want to read." She goes, "How many books have you bought in the last year? And of those, how many have you read?" And I went, "I bought like fifty, and I've run read like one." <laughs> so, I've got this car. A good friend of mine is he. 
he's uh, we're, we're kin, you know, we're basically the same person, different mother, kin, and uh, he's he collects books, right? You know, and he lends them to me. He takes the covers off and lends it, and I feel like they're so pre- they're like portion right. old, old racing books, mm-hmm. and I'm like, first of all, I don't collect books, right? I won't read them. I won't read them. They'll just sit up. On <laughs> They'll the just shelf. sit there and look pretty. And I feel like such a responsibility with these books because they're vintage and they're like you know they're. So- and, and have you ever borrowed a book from somebody and then forgot to return oh, it? Yeah. And they get all wigged out on you. And I don't blame them, but don't loan it to me in the first place. Right. Really, I really didn't want it that bad. You know, like oh, I'd like to read that. Can I borrow it? No, I don't. I, those are words that I'll never say. But he's like you. He goes into books. To, he'll buy it. He'll buy it. I'll buy it because I know one of these days, hopefully, I'm going to get to it. And uh, if not, then <laughs> well, it'll go to my kids. If you're a listener and you collect books, uh, email us at podcast@classicautomall.com. <laughs> Tell us about your book collection. I'd love to know about that. <laughs> yes, we would. We're podcastclassicautomall.com or info at classicautomall.com if yeah. you've got a car for sale. Uh, you can go on our website and fill out the pre-consignment form if you've got uh, um, uh, a particular car that you'd like to sell or like us to help you sell. Or if you're interested in one of the cars that you see here, give us a call, 888-227-0914. Um, we're here not 24-7. No. Uh, some of the guys answer emails 24-7, I, I think, it seems like. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny. We all, I think we all go home and put our laptop up next to us while we're watching TV at night after dinner. And, you know, you're just going to start doing some business or you're going to start doing whatever mm-hmm. because it's just it's just in your nature, you know. And, and there's just so many things out there to read. I think one of the reasons that I don't read when I go home as much is because – I read all day long at work. Yeah. So I'm, and it's not books necessarily or magazines. It's mostly on the internet. I'm reading. I'm looking. I'm researching. I'm, you know, why is this car? Why, you know, somebody calls us and says, Hey, the 67 Firebird didn't have power steering. And, you know, I'm researching that or we're looking at, you know, decoding a particular car or we're looking at. Or you're you're something the interesting. You're reading, uh, reading the descriptions yeah. of them, or I'm reading content for the radio show or right, for the right. podcast. So you know, so that's where all this you know so beautiful you go home and you, swill. Turn a screen on and just and keep out. screening. Yeah. You know, and uh, and of course you know you just save stuff that you see that looks of interest, and you hope that you have enough to talk about. Of course, I seem to have more than enough every week to talk about. I keep I'm always worried that I don't have enough to to oh. talk about, and then I have pages and pages yep. and pages. So maybe I should learn to. Plan my hour a little bit better so I would know exactly how much talking time I have. Or no, just keep doing what we're doing. Better to have extra than, than not enough. Sure. And our buddy Al Liebman was in uh, yesterday. Oh, he was? Yeah. And uh, Al is the world traveler all over the – I mean, he's everywhere. Right. He lives down in Myrtle Beach now or, or Polly's Island, that part of the world in South Carolina. And he uh, he's – Works for Hot Rod Hotline and and three or different three different publications, and he's always out and about at car events, signing people up, helping people, um, you know, with some marketing stuff. Uh, he's got a, a you know a cool little thirty two Ford uh, that he drives around, or thirty two Chevy, I think it is. And uh, he's just a great guy, and he, every time he comes in, he pops in to say hello and see how we're doing nice. and check up on you. And it's always nice when when you do business with somebody and they genuinely care about your business and how you're doing, you know, and uh, it's rare uh, to see that. But anyway, thanks, Al. We appreciate it. And, you know, one of the things that you talk about tips, and I'll do this really quickly because I know we're just about done. When you buy a car and you, uh, you know, you take possession, we, we give you the title and the bill of sale and the odometer statement. Go register your car right away. Don't 
hesitate. Don't don't wait for three or four months. What will happen is, is a number of things. First of all, the seller is going to still be uh, perceived as the owner of the car, even though he's long since transferred the title to Classic Automobile and us to the new buyer. And God forbid something should happen. You know, if you were having an accident and it's still in his name or if uh, the car were lost in a fire and you've got it insured and he's got it insured and everybody's got it insured and nobody's got it insured. And uh, and then the, the chance for the title just to get misplaced. Mm-hmm. You know, the longer before, before that you do something, the more chance that it can get misplaced. And I can tell you through many, many, many experiences that getting a replacement title is very difficult. It's not fun anymore. And the problem is, is that, Whoever's on the front of that title, that's who has to get the replacement title. And it is not easy to do sometimes. And sometimes the people have passed away. Sometimes they've moved out. You know, there's no forwarding <laughs> forwarding address or number, which is, sounds old school. Right. Um, and so, you know, there are, there are a lot of issues with it. Plus, legally, you're supposed to have it titled within... 20 days, I think, in Pennsylvania. Probably 30 days would be the out, you know, the longest amount of time before you should have something registered. And go ahead and get it registered. Pay the taxes, pay the fees, whatever you got to do. Uh, but get it done because uh, it's your vehicle, and you want to have that legal document in your name because, God forbid, something happens to you, and you've never gotten the car titled, and then all of a sudden there becomes an issue, and, and the old owner takes claim of it or something happens or a, an heir of his or whatever. So um, it's it's really important to uh, to get that uh, uh, done right away. When you get a, get your paperwork from us, go down to your DMV, your local DMV, and pay your taxes and do all your stuff. And don't ask us to write a different price on the bill of sale, and don't ask us to to. We we do it the right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we we don't do that. So, so you can go down to in Pennsylvania. We have tag places too. Yeah. So you can do it at tag places. Yeah. I don't know yeah. States have that or not? No, not many. Some of them do. Some of them don't. A lot of them are government, you know, offices, mm-hmm. and others are outsourced to third parties, uh, like in Pennsylvania. I know in Missouri they don't have that. That you just go to the the actual Department of Motor Vehicles, and you can do that in Pennsylvania yep. in Harrisburg. Uh, you can go there, which is an hour from here, mm-hmm. and uh, and is Used to be convenient. Even dealers used to go there, but now they don't even have a dealer window in Harrisburg. It's all only individuals can go there to get any kind of service from, which is difficult because now you have to go to a tag place uh, that's kind of a third party business, and some of them are well versed in classic cars and you know shorter than seventeen digit VINs and all the different things, and and they don't know it as much and they don't know the process. They're used to dealing with cars with seventeen digit VINs who are you know a a ninety a, a 2007 Camry or a you know a 2020 Ford F150 or something that's there's not you know I mean the VIN numbers where it's supposed to be on the dash everything is you know locks up like it's supposed to not the engine number is the VIN number not the the serial number that's stamped on the frame you know there's all these different places where you can find a number that uh, a vehicle can be titled from and so you have to be, you know, you have to know what you're doing and know where they are. And what we tell people when they can sign a car with us is find your VIN number on your car before you bring it. And then make sure it matches what's on the title. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times they don't. That's right. Yeah, we were just talking about that a minute ago. Yep. And it's one of the classic tips on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll learn that uh, if you go watch our YouTube channel. Yep. So, And we were talking earlier about McLaren, uh, one of the Formula One te- teaming up with Lockheed Martin's Skunk Works which is basically their R&D arm of Lockheed Martin. And uh, McLaren has teamed up with them uh, in their design technology for future sports cars, which makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. You know, the technology that, that these fighter jet 
companies that are building fighter jets have is Gosh, state of the art, it would be an understatement yeah, for right, them. Right. You know, beyond state of the it's art. beyond state of the art. And of course, you know, Lockheed built the F-117 Nighthawk and the SR-71 Blackbird, which is, you know, the SR-71 Blackbird is just a badass plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, you know, and I would imagine they're probably the, they're leaning towards something electric. I would imagine mm-hmm. with the way things are going. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, just like we were saying with Cadillac earlier on how the electric car plays in. I know they have the, the e-racing series and I, I get mixed uh, reviews on that from people that some people like it and a lot of people don't care for it at all. And I don't know if it's because there's no engine sound or if it's, I've never watched it. Have you yes, watched it? I've watched it. There's no visceral right. feeling with it. It's like watching slot cars basically. Right. It's a very fast slot. Car. Very fast slot cars. And slot cars are very fast enough themselves. Yeah, that's true. Know. I had, I had a really cool slot car track back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> My dad built me a little too early though. I think we talked about this. I was five and oh, probably well. should have waited till I was about 10 or 12. Well, to... now you can wrestle when you're, when you're five. <laughs> yeah, you can. My grandson is on the wrestling <laughs> team and he was 45.4 pounds and, and, it, and the cutoff was 45 and he's going to have to go to the next class and I don't know. Yeah, weigh-ins for five-year-olds? <laughs> five-year-olds. It, it, well, it's not just a participation sport. You know, they, they go for the juggler. They, they're, they're going after each other. This is not everybody gets a trophy. This is you only get a trophy if you win. And if you don't like that, I don't, I don't know. Wrestling's a great skill to get. I had a friend who was a wrestler and he used to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> he just knew all these moves. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you're, a, if a guy's coming at you, attacking you in a rudimentary fashion, right. you know, flailing his arms right. at you and you got some kind of, Choke your hold, choke hold or whatever, and then you put him in. If it, you're comfortable you know. on the ground, yeah, then with your, you're at an advantage. With That's your guy inches from a guy, your face inches from a guy's whatever. butt, yeah. <laughs> then hey. But, uh, but no, he's, he's into the wrestling. He's pretty good at it too. So, um, you know, it's, it's good skills to learn because, you know, it's, uh, yeah, get him in a, in a go-kart, get him racing. Ah, uh, that's what I'm working Not on. Not too early. I've got, they have, you can't believe how many Hot Wheels our grandsons have. Oh, really? Have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, that's great. it's crates and crates full of the, the Hot Wheels, the tracks, the, the garages, nice. the, you know, the, the, they've got a, they got enough track they could go from here to, from Colorado Springs to back to Pennsylvania. So, uh, but anyway, um, next week, as we talked about earlier, uh, will be our friend Chuck Cantwell on the show, father of the GT350. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll be at the Philly Auto Show. So if you get a chance, come see us down there. And we're also at the Motorsports and something, something yeah, yeah, at Oaks on the, at, the week at, before on the 20th. Yeah, in uh, Oaks, down in Oaks, Pennsylvania. And we're at the Motorsports Show. But, uh, but anyway, uh, so we're going to be at a lot of shows coming up this week, or not this week, but this year. Carlisle, uh, Harrisburg, the Philly Auto Show, uh, the Harrisburg Show is at the Farm Complex down in, in Harrisburg. Okay. And, uh, and then of course, you know, uh, Hershey coming up in October and just all the other myriad of events that we go to and church parking lots to, you know, cruise-ins and cars and coffees and. But again, the classic auto mall, I've said it, I, I have a new idiom, it's the, the, Greatest indoor car show year, Absolutely. year round. Year round car show. Yeah. Don't worry about the weather. It may be a little chilly in here, but it's not cold as it is outside. Oh, that's right. And it may be a little warm in the summer, but it's not as hot as that's it is right. outside. So, you know, just take that as you may. Right. So anyway, when we return next week, we will be talking to our friend Chuck Cantwell and we'll talk about a lot of cool Shelby stuff. And he's the second guy we've had on that had some connection with mm-hmm. Shelby. So it'll be a lot of fun. So we'll see you next time on the Classic Automall podcast. Take care. 
We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, classicautomall.com. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.